Hello everyone, my name is Mabe Koja and welcome to Firm and Final, the legendary stories from the legends in the stop loss, reinsurance, and self-funded industry. Today's discussion is with Paul Felici, who is the president of Windsor Strategy Partners. Like me, Paul is an actuary and he's been working in the stop loss space for many years. Now, Paul is not your typical actuary. He's great with numbers, but he's even better with people. In fact, he's a hugger. After you meet Paul for the first time, he's going to hug you every time he sees you. But that's because he truly has a passion for people, and it shows with his energetic smile. He's also got a lot of energy for stop loss and reinsurance, and he's not been afraid to buck the trends in the industry. I'm so thrilled to bring you his story. So get ready to meet my friend and soon to be yours, Paul Felici. Paul, welcome to uh, Firm and Final. Thanks for being a guest. <laughs> Thanks, babe. I didn't know you had a title for we this. We have a title, yes. It's Firm and Final. So, so this isn't between two firms. This is Firm and Final. This is Good. Firm and Final. I feel final. better about that. That's Good. right. So you and I met, so we're sitting in uh, Philadelphia right now during the Society of Actuaries Conference. And uh, you and I actually met at the SLA Health meeting. This is probably like four or five years ago. We got introduced to each other, and uh, I told you I was working at Medical Risk Managers. And then you immediately mentioned Mike McLean, and you used the words, first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> and I always like that term, first ballot Hall of Famer. That's really like the purpose of why I'm doing this podcast series, is to find the people on the stop loss and self-funding space who are literally first ballot Hall of Famer. So I really appreciate you being on the show and uh, taking part in this project that I'm doing. Sounds good. Yeah, so I just want to give the audience the chance to get to know you a little bit better. And I thought I would just ask you some rapid fire questions just so that everybody can get to know you a little bit better. So tell me, uh, what are three words that describe the stop loss and self-funding industry to you? So for me, that's easy. Too much fun. Yeah. I really enjoy self-funded. Yeah. Everything about it, the product, the people. Yeah the food everything has been real real good <laughs> yes i mean we're in philadelphia right now and uh between society of actuary conferences between uh SIA conferences there's a lot of destinations that we go to for these meetings what uh, what's been your favorite city that you visited for a conference yeah you know well philly is special because yeah. i went to temple university yeah I'm a temple guy at Temple's down and dirty. You get the Villanova guys that yeah. they get their preppy shirt. <laughs> yeah. Temple is not preppy, it's it's Temple, but yeah. I'm very proud of my Temple roots. Uh, you know, I, I've gone to Las Vegas and just recently Greenville, South Carolina, in oh. pretty cities, but mostly because they have great food. Okay. And, just, and, and you know, I'll tell you something quick about Vegas is uh, every time I travel, I always forget something. Yeah. So going to Vegas, the, the one bad thing about Vegas is that with the casinos, it's very smoky. Yeah. So you can't like just bring one pair of pants. If you're going to be there for three days, you got to bring three <laughs> pairs of pants. And for sure. me, I'm a khaki guy. Okay. And I'm a runner. So I'm always size 32, 33. Those are all my khakis at 32, 33. So I'm packing. I grab three pairs of khakis because I need them. Yeah. Throw them in the suitcase. I'm ready to roll. So day one, I'm in Vegas. I went to Piero's, ate like a pig. This is beautiful. <laughs> Day two, meetings, eating like a pig again, no problem. Day three comes along and I put on my khakis. Go, oh, Doesn't boy, fit. It's these are the 32s. You gotta be kidding on the last day. Oh my god. So I put them on and I'm absolutely 
dying. So my buddy, he's bringing me to meetings. And, and after two meetings, I said, you got to bring me home. I'm turning green. I cannot even breathe. I don't know what's happening. I'm going to go put on a pair of those smoky khakis. I don't care. So I run up to the room, change real quick. And I had a look to see what the size was of the khakis. Yeah. And I looked at it and it was a size eight. I had what? taken my wife's pants. Oh my and God. Put my wife's pants Wardrobe on Wardrobe malfunction. It. it was not pretty, but she doesn't like that I tell the story that she was a size eight. Well, now she's everybody's gonna, <laughs> gonna, now everybody's gonna know the story. No, she's not gonna be happy. So it sounds like you're a foodie. So I was gonna ask you, what is it that you do enjoy about going to conferences? So I think you're gonna answer foodie, but let me, let me ask it a different way. What don't you like about going to SIA conferences or SOA meetings? Oh boy, it, I, I don't like being away from my family. That's okay. the toughest part. But yeah. I make the best of it when I'm here. So sure. as long as I'm gonna be away from my family, yeah. I, I better be meeting nice people you like go. you, having good food, having yeah. good wine and yeah. stuff like that. But the being away from my family, I've always disliked that. That, that I can understand. I can totally understand that. Um, you know what I love about the self-funded and stop-loss industry? Ever since I've been working in this space, you meet so many amazing people and you just come to find there's like so many great stories in stop-loss and self-funding. There's so many great storytellers. When you think about that, who's somebody that comes to mind as like a great storyteller in this industry? Yeah, I think of one of my old partners. He's uh, unfortunately no longer with us, but uh, Dave Kelly. Okay. He was one of my partners at John Alden and at Karen Stone, he was one of the founding fathers. And Dave was a good storyteller, but he even took it a step further. He went to some kind of a camp in Tennessee to learn how to become an even better storyteller. Oh, wow. So anytime he told a story, there was going to be some punchline and it was yeah. all going to tie together. Yeah. But you, you couldn't help but be mesmerized every time you would be telling a story. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. That is he was awesome. also my number one foodie too. I learned more about food and wine from Dave Kelly. See, I've always, I, I've always wanted to get into wine, but like I, I view it as like an impossible task because there's just, you go to the grocery store, there's like aisles and aisles of that stuff. It's like, how do you know which one to get or which one to try? Yeah, I'm just a pretender. For me, everybody else is tasting <laughs> this, they're tasting that. For me, my wine is yummy and very yummy. There you know, go. Only two categories. Keep, keep it simple. I like <laughs> there that. Go. So um, there's so many greats in this business, right? If you think about some of the greats in the business and if there was somebody else you could be for one day in the stop loss and self-funded industry, who would it be and why? You know, the, so many greats is so true and they all have the one common characteristic is that they are all entrepreneurial. Yeah. You, you notice that they're not bureaucratic guys that are just pushing. Guys and girls, I mean, they are out there and they know how to make people happy. They know how to run a business. They run circles around all the bukas out there. That's yeah. why they're in business. But if I had to pick one person for one day, I'm going to be a little bit facetious. I'd pick Mike McLean because I would take all his money and I'd buy all racehorses. That one day. <laughs> okay. So take that, Mike. <laughs> there you go. Very good. Well, I, I want the audience to get to know you a little bit better. Um, I'm curious, when did you get started in the self-funded industry? Yeah, I'm going back, boy, babe, I'm old, 1988, okay. back at John Alden. So I was uh, graduated from Temple, went to Hartford, like all good actuaries did. I worked at the Hartford, and again, very proud of my Hartford roots. I still have people I keep in touch yeah. with at the Hartford. We had a great crew over there. Me and you were talking about that. That's really right. Very special place Yeah. there, culture. and. Uh, I, I was 27, I was in Hartford. 
Hartford closes at like eight o'clock. Boy, is there a place that has a little more excitement? And a recruiter called me on a cold February day and said, hey, Paul, I get a job here in Miami. Huh, that's interesting. So yeah. I went on the interview and again, I'm, I'm actuarial nerd, I'm wearing white pants. I thought it was Miami Vice when I went down to this yeah. interview, but I went down to the interview and it's funny, it was for a stop loss position but I was more interested, boy, this is Miami, South Beach, and eh, there's a job over here, this sure. shouldn't be too bad. So I interviewed with Jim Tillett, who I'm still with, and Dave Wilson, who I'm still with, and the uh, interview was going okay. And uh, Dave Wilson said, hey, come on, let's go have a drink down at the bar real quick. Having a drink with him, he goes, hey, you're, you're pretty good. Gee, thanks. Yeah. He goes, but you know what? Don't be so cocky. And here is the guy I just met him a couple hours ago. Yeah. So, all right, well, so I kind of sat on my hands the second day of the interview. Got the two job. days of interviews. A two-day interview. You had okay. to interview everybody when you were at John Alden. Oh, and wow. that was part of their culture too, which ended up to be okay. Yeah. yeah. And so today you say you're still with Dave Wilson. So can you just give everybody a little background on what does Paul Felici do today? Yeah, today I'm a, I'm a consulting actuary. I'm president of Windsor Strategy Partners. And I'm still working with uh, Dave Wilson, who 35 years ago kind of hired me to be a John Alden. I still yeah. work with Jim Tillett. He's our COO over there. I still work with Pat Campola. People from 35 years ago, I'm yeah. still working with that. That's amazing. Yeah. So as you think back about your career, um, and if you could kind of look at your career as like uh, a sports athlete would look at like career highlights, what are some of the highlights that stick out to you of things you've accomplished in this career? Yeah, I, I like to think I've made a lot of friends in this industry. Yeah. I, I think that's one of my hobbies is I collect friends in a positive way. I yeah. just love being with people, talking with people, and I've met so many nice people, worked with so many nice people, and that's uh, it, it's just been a blessing. Just love the people I've worked with over the years. And, and if I look at like, you know, nerdy accomplishment, accomplishment stuff, I, I know back in my actuarial days that used to do some reserving stuff that we were one of the first to do it by effective date. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the 90s, this is kind of funny, we hired a new CFO at the company. He got the first bill and he goes, why are you guys negotiating this stuff? And you know, fast forward, we started negotiating all the claims. He started a claims negotiation company. Sure. So we're on the forefront of the two-year product, which I know that's a bad word right now, but yeah. at one time it was a very good thing to do a two-year product. Yeah. So. yeah, a lot has changed with that. Um, and just in general, this industry has changed a ton over the past 15 to 20 years. You've been at it for so long. What are some of the things that stick out to you that have significantly changed? Yeah, that's, I look at 2010, that, that's the biggie. That's when the maximums on the product went from one million to unlimited, which okay. just opened up unbelievable possibilities out there. So at one time, it, the worst you could ever get hit with one claim was a million bucks. Yeah. And we saw that mysteriously when people hit a million bucks, they died or they left the hospital. It's like somebody knew that's all they got for insurance, get them out of here. Yeah. But now that it's unlimited, you get three, four, five million dollar claims, somebody else is paying for them and uh, big change in stop loss. Yeah. And that's the whole thing with the two year product. When we had priced that, it, it didn't anticipate maximums more than a million bucks. So when did you price the two-year product? It was in 05, I think we had done okay. and then 10 is when Obamacare came into play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So is there is there something that's impacting the industry today that you think kind of puts the industry at risk? 
yeah, you know, it's funny, you'll hear a lot of people say, oh, I'm so, so afraid of single payer. I'm not afraid of single payer at all. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, for me and you being up in the Northeast, uh, Vermont tried to do a single payer system, the smallest and most liberal state yeah. in the whole country. They said, we're gonna do single payer. And they had determined that they would have to raise the state income taxes by 20%, half by the employer and half. They canned it. They said, no one is gonna do that. We don't want a single yeah, payer. Yeah, too hard to ask. So if Vermont can't do it, there's no way the other 49 states are gonna be able to do it. So I don't worry about single payer. I worry more about apathy that I think as an industry, we continually have to educate legislators as to how good self-funded is yeah. just to you know keep our risks or exemptions going and uh that's the biggest thing i think right now what about uh you know the emergence there's been you know we're at the society of actuaries conference and there's already been like three sessions on pharmacy today and uh, a lot of discussion about precision medicine uh cell therapy gene therapy what is your take on the impact that will have on the stop loss industry as well as like the excess of loss yeah, it's going to be significant. So at one time, if I was younger, 20 years younger, I'd be scared to death of this stuff. We need to find a way to mitigate these yeah. risks out here. But now that I'm in my 60s, I'm happy they're doing it because it could save my life sure. one day. There's a good chance it could save my yeah. life. But it costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of money. Yeah. And, and you know, that's the flip side. So I said before that the scary thing with Obamacare is now they have unlimited max as well. A lot of these therapies are coming out because there aren't any maxes anymore, so there is money to pay that. So there is a lot of good that has come out of the unlimited maxes. That, that's true, but do you hear from reinsurers that are worried about this and how they're going to price and, and protect the, the blocks? Yeah, yeah. They, I, I think that you're seeing the first wave of mitigation out there of people that are pooling the cell and gene therapies. Now I'm prejudiced because I know Windsor is working on one of the sure. products out there that, that does it. So that was a little infomercial. Sure. <laughs> but, I think that, but that is going to have to be the future. With yeah. This is you're going to have to pool these risks because nobody can take a $10, 12000000 million hit. Nobody no. can. Yeah. So um, you, you've obviously had like a really illustrative career. Uh, what keeps you still kind of motivated to come to work even uh, now, 30 years later? Yeah, I kind of like doing this consulting thing. Is that yeah. there's always something different? Might be something with a MIWA one day, a captive another day, an IBNR calculation, and I like helping people. And being a consultant, I work with so many different people. Sure. And we have a rule: only work with people you like. So, I, hopefully, there's nobody on the camera that I said <laughs> I'm not working with. I doubt that, but yeah. uh, that makes it much more pleasant. So, sure. So. Sure. So, I mean, this this industry obviously has a lot of uh, amazing individuals in it. If you were to think about like a Mount Rushmore of some of like the people who've done the most significant things in the stop loss and self-funded space, who kind of sticks out to you? Yeah, that, that's a good one, mate, because there have been giants in the industry. So uh, I'm going to answer it on a personal basis because yeah. I've been blessed that I've been with some very good people. And, and uh, so I get four people on, on the mountain. I, I picked Jim Tillett, who my, my first boss at John Alden, and he kind of taught me how to be entrepreneurial. But okay. he also had the biggest heart in the world. And how he, I mean, he balanced those unbelievable and uh, lessons for life there. Uh, then I have to give Dave Wilson. He taught me all the actuarial knowledge. Sure. He's also big foodie. Yeah. Taught me so much about wine. And yeah. I'm still working with him after 35 years. 
And uh, Pat Campola was also, he was in charge of Stop Loss sure. back then. And, and Pat was just the savvy sales guy and great manager and taught me a lot of that stuff. And uh, it's carried with me over 35 years. Yeah. Then trying to think of a fourth one, I'm gonna go off on a tangent and I'm gonna pick my dad to put up there. And you say, okay. why your dad? Yeah. My dad was a very unique person and uh, his motto was always be a little bit different. Okay. And he, he, don't be afraid to be different. And he would always use the example, you know, you pass in your homework, 100 people will pass in the exact same thing. Do it a little bit different. The teacher yeah. will always remember that. And that's been part of my stop loss career is, is be a little bit different. Don't be afraid you know, to be different. You know, speaking of being different, um, you all, a lot of times get um, described as not a typical actuary. <laughs> like, what do you think about that when people call you not a typical actuary? I take it as a great compliment yeah. because when I started at the Hartford, and there were several of us there, we called ourselves the new breed actuaries. So yeah. We weren't just going to go in a closet and calculate numbers. We were going to be real people. So yeah. I, I take it as a great compliment. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I want to close it up with one last question. And obviously, we're both actuaries. We're at the Society of Actuaries health meeting this week. And um, there's, there's, there's new individuals coming into the self-funded industry. And then there's actuaries that are coming into the self-funded and stop-loss space. What's like a piece of advice you could give to somebody who's just getting started in this career path? Uh, what's a piece of advice you could give them about, uh, you know, this space and why they should be in it? Yeah, I mean, it, you know what I like so much about the self-funded community? It's small, everybody knows each other. Yeah. Look at me and you, how close yeah. we've come in the last few years. That's yeah. because everybody knows everybody in this industry. Sure. And, and you know, it's like working, yeah, it, you can do the IBNRs and all these calculations, but to get to know good friends over the years is yeah. just so valuable. And my, my life lesson is that uh, for me, I, I always say I'm the luckiest guy in the world in everything. I'm just very, very lucky. But I find in stop loss that the harder I've worked, the luckier I've gotten. So that's yeah. for the young people. They can try to figure out what that means. <laughs> <but that's>, uh, <laughs> well, that's a great piece of advice. And uh, just again, I want to thank you for joining me today on Firm and Final. Maybe. Paul Felici, Always thank you so pleasure. much. All right. Thanks, Maeve. What a great discussion with Paul Felici. My key takeaway from talking to Paul was that he's still having a lot of fun working in our industry. He loves to travel to conferences, whether they be SIA conferences or Society of Actuary conferences. And wherever he's going, he's finding opportunities to be with people, to share a meal and a glass of wine. He's definitely a foodie, but he's having a lot of fun. The question for you is, are you having fun? Do you really enjoy what you're doing? If not, what do you need to change in order to have more fun? I'm telling you right now, a lot of people are having a lot of fun in this industry. And if you're not enjoying it, something is not right. Life is too short to not enjoy what you're doing for a living. So to those industry vets who are looking to leave a legacy with the next generation, make sure they know how to have fun in this industry and that the stop loss and reinsurance industry can be a good place to be. Share that with the next crop and the industry will sustain for a very long time to come. Thank you for having joined us for this edition of Firm and Final. Join us again next time as we continue to interview the legends 
of the stop loss, reinsurance, and self-funded industry. Thank <music> you.